Wow, man, I am like over the moon. Uh, we had a good time at nine, but, but here, a um, lot of good people here today, so I'm just settled, and, and, and we're going to get into the Word, and I think I cry and stuff at, at, at nine so I can just be open because this is a different crowd. First of all, I want to say my spiritual dad is here, Merv, could you just put up your hand, I know, and then I got my spiritual uncle and aunt over here, David, and raise your hand, and so, you know, uh, it's, just, it's just so wonderful I have. My sister's right there, Jesus. I prayed for them over there, and they're somewhere, and the Holy Spirit is in this place. But he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anyone. You have to invite him in. You have to want God. He does not force himself on you. He's a gentleman, sort of like me. I'm a gentleman. Let us pray. God, we love you, and Spirit of the living God, fall fresh, God, on us. God, we're listening for the sound of the genuine, that authentic noise, which is a direct result of the anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, we're asking right now, God, to be so grateful, to be so thankful, to be so appreciative that you have poured your love into our hearts through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Speak, God. Hit your target today. Somebody came here today, God, wanting to experience and encounter you. Well, I stopped by here to tell you, my God is risen. Ha! And I don't know what you're going through right now, but he's up. He's alive. We're victorious. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. For he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity. But by his stripes we are healed. Hit your target today, God. It's here, God. They're open and they're just waiting for you. Stop by here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let the Redeemer of the Lord say hallelujah. Oh, come on, hallelujah. Oh, come on, hallelujah. And amen. If you come with me, you're going to have a good time today. We're going to learn something. And, and I want you to learn something that you're going to be able to carry all week. I want you to be able to pull something out of the word today that you can carry all week. And as customary, you're going to get a completely different sermon than 9 o'clock because I feel different. Little Mama Kane, Damon, I'm telling you, it, this, I told you, Miss Susie, to wait because this is what we're talking about. 40 days of renewal, but this is what I want to talk about. Strength in the struggle. Dad, I was struggling, and we cried, and we really got some stuff taken care of at 9 o'clock. We did. We became a family. We, we did. But, ha, you look like a crowd that got some unfinished business. Ha! You got some unfinished business, something that you know you need to be taken care of, but you just haven't done it. Somebody you need to apologize to, but you just haven't done it. Somebody that you need to call on the phone, but you just haven't done it. You have procrastinated. You are caught up in your flesh. You are uh, uh, wrapped up in your ego, E, E, G, God, 
O out. You have eased God out of your life, but yet you sit up in the church. But how can you love God whom you've never seen and come on, have unfinished business with your brother and sister that you see right now? All right. Unfinished business. That's customary. Let's jump off here. We'll probably get through the whole sermon today because I'm going to be a tactician today. Next one. All right. Here we go. Now for Bible readers, for those of you, you know, who got your Bible and want to write it down. And uh, ooh, here's for your, my little corner over here. I just, God is just sending John our church or something. I, I, I can't say enough. Here it is. Abraham today, not running you around the Bible. Clear, concise, and clean. But I want to jump off here with John Lewis. The truth is marching on. In John Lewis's truth is marching on. You know, John Lewis, he wanted to have the Voting Rights Act for everybody to hit, get the af, uh, access to vote since this is Black History Month. And, you know, he got beaten and he went through a whole lot of stuff. He got into a lot of good trouble just so African-Americans to have the right to vote. But something John Lewis ran into is the same thing Abraham ran into. While he was trying to get this passed through our government, there was a delay. And in that delay, there was doubt. And in their doubt, there was distrust. Let's see if we can get a little good trouble right now. Abraham, the delay. Genesis 15, 3. Abraham, God says, Abram, Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child out of your own bowels. Mm. And Abraham said, okay. But he waited and waited and waited, and it didn't come. Some of us have problems waiting in this instant society, don't we? You know, ATM, microwave, order online. No, wait a minute. You can order your food and it'd be ready when you get there. You don't even want to wait, okay? You don't want a delay. So Abraham, he had the delay. So what he said, he said, I'm not going to wait on God. I'm not going to wait for the spirit to move. I'm going to move on my own, so I'm going to make Eliezer my heir because he's living in the house. God said, but Abraham, that's not what I told you. But wait a minute, Abraham. Not only are you going to get a, a, a child out of your own bowels, I'm going to give you all the land you can see. But because of the delay, Abraham doubted God. If you slide down to 15, 8, he said, oh, sovereign Lord. How am I going to know I'm going to actually possess it and I'm going to actually get this land that you, God, promised me? If God promised you something, it's going to come to fruition. In Hebrews 6.13, it says, God swears to himself that he will keep the promise that he made to you. Because who else could he pray to that's higher than him? So then, because of the doubt, it turned into distrust. Now, Abraham and Sarah had made a bunch of mistakes. Now, in Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 16, they manufactured a child, Ishmael. Then they tried to offer that sin up to God. Can you imagine that's what God does to us when God tells us to do something and you don't want to do it? Can't you see God in heaven just shaking his head? Oh, foolish hope, Elam, who has bewitched you? That's Galatians, but I just inserted hope, Elam. Who's told you that this can't work? Don't you know that I am an almighty God? So in Genesis 17, 17, Abraham laughed. 
Abraham said, God, I'm 100 years old, and Sarah's womb is 90. Matter of fact, in Romans 4, it says her womb was as good as dead. He had distrust, and distrust turns into doubt. And we are doubting because of the delay. You're supposed to be praying, but because it hasn't come yet. You're supposed to be praying, but because of somebody around the way told you it's not going to happen, you doubt God. Sort of like Thomas in John eleven sixteen, he says, God, wherever you, Jesus, wherever you go, I'm going with you. Jesus, I will die for you. That's in John chapter 11. I'm gone now, Joshua. I'm just somewhere else. But then when he gets to John chapter 20, Jesus shows up. And they say, Thomas, Jesus is here. Watch doubting Thomas. He says, until I see the nail prints in his side, in his hands, and the spear prints in his side, I'm not going to believe it. Then all of a sudden, then came Jesus. Jesus came into the room, and he said, Thomas, put your hand And then his doubt turned into deliverance. Well, I wish I had a Bible reader. Right after that, the very next verse, he says, my Lord, ah, my God. Prayer changes things. It changes things. But, you know, I still got some unfinished business. I, I, I'm still trying to navigate what I'm trying to finish. Well, in Acts 4.31, this since the sermon is about prayer. In Acts 4.31, it said the church prayed. And it said they prayed with boldness. And when they prayed with boldness, the church started shaking and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when they got filled with the Holy Spirit and that word, it was time to go to work. And it said they went out in verse 33 in Acts 4. It says, and they had a great witness to everybody about the resurrected Savior. They prayed because they were about to birth the church, but they didn't know if the church was going to grow. They prayed and they were about to birth the church, but they didn't know if the pandemic was going to be over. They prayed, oh, y'all get that later. They prayed and about to birth the church and they say his black people gonna come his white people gonna come his brown people gonna come they prayed and birthed the church with boldness with boldness Hebrews 4 16 says you have to go to the throne of grace with Holy Ghost boldness you got to go there with confidence you got to speak of things as not as if they were. You got to decree and declare what decision you want God to make. You got to, Job 38, 12, you got to command the morning. You got to step out in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be glad. And I'm going to rejoice in it. Because whatever state I'm in, I learn to be content whether I'm up or whether I'm down, whether I'm sick, or whether I'm well, whether I'm broke, whether I'm fixed, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty acts. Pray, praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Prayer, prayer, prayer changes things. If you want something changed right now, and you got to pray. Ah, some of you saying, ah, prayer. I don't know how. Well, Romans 8, 26, it says, when you don't know what to pray for, it says the Holy Spirit. Ha, ah, ah. ha. When, oh, Jesus. I'm okay. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to move over here because we're over here. Let me move. That's what people say. 
So I'm far away. <laughs> when you don't know what to pray for, you need strength. You have that baby. You have unfinished business until that baby is born. And when you don't know what to pray for, just connect to the spirit. And the spirit says that it will make intercession. It'll, it'll pray the prayer that you want to pray. Because it, the, the verse 27 of Romans the 8th chapter, check me out. It says that the spirit searches your heart. It searches you. And when it searches you, then it reads what's in your heart. And when it reads what's in your heart, then the Holy Spirit will manifest it. Prayer, prayer changes things. Here, 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 here. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I hear you, Holy One of Israel. Holy One of Israel is saying, pray to me. Yahweh is saying, pray to me. The omnipotent one is saying, pray to me. The almighty one, the incredible one, the amazing one, the supernatural one, the root of Jesse, the lion of Judah, the one from everlasting to everlasting, the one that knows you're down sitting and you're uprisings, the knows you're going out and coming in, the one who says every hair on your head is numbered, the one who's the author and the finisher, Alpha and Omega, a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom, food on your table, clothes on your back. That's who you can pray to. And if you pray to him, he will change your situation. He makes the sun shine. The flowers bloom. The fish skip down the liquid corridor. Oh, my God. Okay. Y'all must got a lot of unfinished business because y'all not moving that much. I must have pricked. There must be some procrastinators in here today. Say, yeah, because y'all ain't moving, but your eyes are fixed on me. That's okay. But God will leave. <laughs> yeah, I got to go. Evidence, yeah, I, I feel you. It's here. I did this one at nine. Let's go to the next one. Nah, I want to do this one. Because you got unfinished business, you need to take another look. Ah, you'll get it. And he said to his servant, no, first let me set it up. It had been no rain in the land, and Jezebel was killing all the prophets, and the only prophet was left was Elijah, and you know, he was depressed. He was alone. He, he did not realize that it's the whole body of Christ that fits effectively and functions together. See, God never intended us to do ministry by ourselves. God intended for us to be unified. God intended for us to be united. God intended for us to adhere to there's Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all from the same blood. Oh, y'all missed that. Acts 17. Acts 17 says we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, but it's the world that say you white and I'm black and you brown and you yellow. That's the world. But according to God, we are all one in Christ Jesus. So it hadn't rained. 
So Elijah told his servant, hey, man, go. And you know, we just did seven. It's, it's in there. That's why I come on. He said, go look. And he went seven times and he came back. He said, it's not, it hasn't rained yet. And then Elijah said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked and didn't return to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. I told you seven times Elijah told him to go and look. <laughs> you don't need to take another look. You are in the house of God. The one that he says, upon this rock, I build my church. You are at a stable, solidified foundation. You don't need to take another look. You don't need to look for another church. Ah, you don't need to look for another Jesus. Isn't that what they told Jesus in Matthew 11 when they rolled up on him? John the Baptist was in jail, and, they, and Jesus was uh, making the blind see and, and the deaf hear and the lame get up and walk. And they ran up on Jesus, and they said, are you the one, or shall I look for another? Jesus said, hey, just tell John what you see. Did you, did you feel the Spirit today? Did you feel love today? Did people greet you today? Did they wave at you? Did they try to make you feel comfortable? If they didn't, please see me after service and point them out to me, please. <laughs> uh, well, at least y'all laugh. That's good. You don't have to take another look. He will always leave evidence. Now, this is what's funny about the text. The scripture that I didn't show you, it was when... The bullocks came and God burnt up the bullocks and they followed Elijah and he defeated the 450 prophets. So that was evidence. Then you go down, that's verse 38, 39. Then you go down to verse 43 and then he says, take another look. And then rain did come. Okay, fact check me. So you done seen God is God. You done seen he made it rain. You should really be believing in God right on about now. You should have confidence in God. You should believe that uh, God can do what he says he can do. You should believe that God is omnipotent. There's evidence. But now watch, Elijah, what happens. God wants us to get in the right position. This is very, very, very important. The right position. Of all the evidence that we had seen, of all the things that God has done for you in your life, all the tight problems and spaces you've been in, and God delivered you. When your money was a little low, God delivered you. When somebody died in your family, God delivered you. When you lost your job, God delivered you. When love walked out that door, God delivered you. You got all the evidence in the world, come on, God will deliver you. He will leave evidence. Look at Elijah. He, he's scared. He's afraid. And he fled for his life. All because Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. So now what he did... He juxtaposed Jezebel for God. He got afraid of Jezebel right after God had showed him all the evidence of who I am. 
It says he fearfully went to Bersheba, a town in Judah, praise, and left his servant there. And then verse 4 says, ha, God got him by yourself. Sometimes when God wants you to fulfill an assignment, you got to get rid of some folk. You got to get rid of some folks. Oh, Jesus. You got to get rid of some folks to fulfill the assignment God has for you. And when you get rid of some folks, then God will get you along, and then he'll walk with you, and then he'll talk with you, and then he'll tell you that you are his own, and the joy you share while you tarry there, no other will ever know. So he was alone in verse 4. Then in verse 5, an angel came. An angel came and, Elijah, Elijah, get up, man. You got somewhere to go. You need strength for the journey. Wake up. And then in verse 7, I know y'all fact-checking me. It says arise. In King James, well, we ain't going to go through that, but in NLT it says get up. Same thing. Arise. Get up. You got unfinished business. Oh, God, I don't know who I just hit. Come on, don't stay stable. Oh, uh, come on, you got to move. Hoping ain't going to make it. You got to get up. You got to go for it. You got to arise because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But you got to arise and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You got to be like David. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You got to get in the right position to fulfill the assignment. Hope Elam, we got to get in the right position. We got to speak to one another. We got to love one another. We got to serve the community. We got to get in that word. We got to understand our witness. We got to know the will of God. We got to get in the right position. And the right position in prayer could be standing up and praying, could be having your arms out and praying, it could be sitting quiet and praying, it could be getting on your knees and praying. But as long as you are in that position, that humble position, that position of humility, this isn't about no pastor, this is about the master. Must be on this side. This ain't about the pastor. This is about the. This ain't about the pastor. This is about the. Oh, y'all. This ain't about the pastor. This is about the. Oh, y'all gonna win. This ain't about the pastor. This is about the. This isn't about me and John. Don't make it about us. This is about you and your personal relationship and prayer life with God. And I don't have to tell you, God has already given you evidence because he just wants you to be in the right position so his presence can show up. Huh. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a small, gentle voice. See, sometimes when it's time to talk about purpose, you can't be screaming and yelling. Sometimes when you're talking about principles, you can't be screaming and yelling. Sometimes when you're talking about performance, you can't be 
screaming and yelling. God has to get you in the right position so he can whisper to you because you got unfinished business and it's time for you to do something. And, you know, the world been yelling and screaming at you all day. You don't need the Lord to scream and yell at you too. What you need to do is be still. Let's just get still right now. Just for a minute. Let the babies cry, cry. They good. That's the anointing. I just want you to close your eyes and just be still. Come on, don't look at your phone if it's vibrating. Don't, don't, don't think about what you're eating for dinner. Just 15 seconds. Just I'm going to say a small prayer. And then for 15 seconds, we're just going to be still and see if you listen to God. God, we pray right now for the people in Texas who didn't have heat and food. God, we pray for all the people who have died from coronavirus. God, we, we pray for our government, God, that they realize that this is the United States of America. God, I pray for Hope Elam, God, that we realize that there's Jew nor Greek, black nor white, or brown nor green. I pray right now, at the sound of my voice, everybody in here realize that we are really all one in Christ Jesus. Hear our prayer, God, and we're going to be still right now. So you can just receive that. Receive it, God. Your presence is here. We got an assignment to do. It's called turning Des Moines upside down with our ministries and our love and our mercy and our grace and our forgiveness. Speak now. In Jesus' name, let the Redeemer of the Lord say amen. amen. I hope he told you, I hope he told you the assignment that he has for you because we have so many things to do and we don't want you to be a consumer. You know, we don't want you to just come and sit and look and analyze and examine. No, we want you to get involved. God, he needs you. We must pray. So Elijah, after God spoke to him, he came out and he told God, he said, God, you know, they're killing all the prophets and they're not keeping your covenant and they don't this and that. And, you know, I'm the only one who love you. And God said, oh, yeah, really? He said, well, look at here, Elijah, I want you to go right back from where you came. And once you go back to where you came, I want you to anoint three people. The three people, one of the three people, he, persons that he wanted him to anoint was Elijah. So here we go. Elijah went and found Elijah because there was unfinished business. Elijah, he didn't want to finish the business. He wanted to complain and not confront. Ooh. Ooh. He wanted to, ooh, 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 yeah, I felt that, an anointing, and it was in the field. Now, you got to, with Pastor Hurst, I always build on. Remember, I taught you, I taught you about the number 24. Pastor Mike taught us about the number 7, the number 8, and we realized, don't forget it. Remember, I told you the number 12 was what? Divine order. Well, look at there. There were what? 12 teams. Come on. There were what? 12 teams. He had to get with Elijah for divine order. And the divine order was Elijah. No, he wasn't going to complete the business that God had him. So he had to go get Elisha because they had unfinished business to do. 
Now, this is what I want to close with. Watch this prayer here. Last one. Last one. Next one. Next one. Next one. Ah, oh, they in the sermon. All right. They, they, oh, ah, here we go. What time is it? Okay, get. When they came to the other side, now it's about to be over. Because Elijah, Bible readers, you know it's going to be transferred up into heaven. He said, Elijah, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. In order to do the assignment God wants us to do, he will always give us way more than what we need to do it. But the one thing he's going to give us for sure is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The other thing he's going to give us is his darling son, Jesus. And the last thing he's going to give us is himself. But now, a double portion. But God is so good. This is the 2 Kings 2.9. But if you go to the New Testament, not only will he give you a double portion, uh, Ephesians 3.20 says he will do exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably, much more than you will ever ask, think, or imagine. You want a double portion, he'll give you a triple portion, a quadruple portion, because God is God. Now, Elijah, he just did what he could do. He just finished the Old Testament business. But then Jesus had to come and finish it in the New Testament. Oh, didn't he do it? Come on, they beat him, mocked him, scorned him, but he said not a mumbling word except, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said, Father, remove this cup, remove this ethic of goodness, remove this cross that I must bear. But guess what? Not my will, let your will be done until it is finished. If you have unfinished business, number one, get a prayer partner. If you have unfinished business, hook up with somebody and get on one accord because where are two or three touching and agreeing in my name, I'll be there. You need to get a prayer partner. Now, I don't know who's Elijah, and I don't know who's Elisha, but I do know God has an assignment for you to, to do. John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I, but I. God, now this God, this is not me, this God, God, this God. God says, I chose you. Fact check me to do what? To be a witness. To go out and bear fruit. To go out and evangelize and to tell a dying community that our God is risen. And he is alive. But here's the part of the text I want to close with. And he said, the fruit that you go out and get, it shall remain. It won't go anywhere. It will be connected to me and I will be connected to it. I am the vine and it will be the branches. Come on, connect to God in your prayer. Communicate to God in your prayer. Have confidence to God in your prayer. 
And if you don't know what to pray, ask the anointing of the Holy Spirit to make intercession for you. Praise Him.